Welcome to the world of Aeora, a news and lore podcast about the Pillars of Eternity games, as well as Obsidian Entertainment's upcoming release, Avowed. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the world of Aeora. I'm your host, Eric, aka Gingerino. Thank you guys so much for joining me today as we dive into another episode looking at the news, lore, and game mechanics of the Pillars of Eternity games as we gear up for the release of Avowed. For those of you wondering why we pair Pillars of Eternity with Avowed, it's because they share the same fantasy setting known as Aeora. So as the theory goes, if we take a look at Pillars of Eternity, we can glean some insights and prepare ourselves as Avowed undergoes development and is eventually released. As many of you know, if you've uh, been paying attention to recent episodes, and if you're new here, welcome to the show, super happy that you're here, um, I've recently became a new dad, so unfortunately the show has been kind of a little bit uh, tardy as of late, and I apologize for that, and as a result we're going to have some like shorter episodes like we're getting today. I was sitting back thinking about what some topics are that I would like to do in the future. Uh, a lot of this show gears towards preparing people for Avowed. Um, but also wanting to take deeper looks at the stuff that's in Pillars of Eternity for those who have played the game or are interested in it. In thinking about how I can look at some topics to prep people for Avowed, I was thinking to myself, what about some enemies or creatures that we might be seeing in Avowed, regardless of wherever we're playing in the world? For those of you playing catch-up on some of the news, it's rumored that it's going to be played in a location known as the Living Lands, which is a region in the world of Aeora. Now, you never get to go to the Living Lands in Pillars of Eternity 1 or 2. It's merely spoken of or written of, and so we don't really have a lot of first-hand knowledge about it. But that being said, that's just a rumor of where Avowed is going to be played. We don't actually technically know where it's going to be played. But there are some things we can know from playing Pillars 1 and 2 that are universal in the world of Aeora. And when it comes down to creatures... I think that there are several creatures and there are several enemies that we run into from Pillars 1 and 2 that I think it's fair to say we're going to see those creatures as well in Avowed, no matter where the setting is. So today, I want to take a quick look at the enemy Zarips. That's X-A-U-R-I-P-S, Zarips. There's no other news to go over. The only news-ish thing to go over right now for Avowed is that it's, you know, very speculative that it's going to be featured at the Xbox and Bethesda Games Showcase on June 12th of this year. As many of you may or may not know, uh, E3 this year has been canceled, and in lieu of that, Microsoft, Xbox, and Bethesda are hosting their own Games Showcase. And, of course, Starfield is going to be one of the main things they talk about there. Everyone wants to know what's going on with Starfield, as do I. Uh, but a lot of people are speculating that it's been two years since we've heard anything about Avowed. There's probably going to be an update. And uh, people who are known to be reputable leakers of information are also speculating that Avowed is going to be mentioned at the game's showcase. I myself am remaining a little bit skeptical. You know, there's always promises of these things happening and there's always hype that is getting generated and then ultimately you know we hear nothing so I, i'm kind of i'm skeptical that we're going to hear anything about avowed but if we do obviously i'm going to welcome it with open arms but you know i'm just sort of tempering that excitement just in case but anyways with that all said let's dive into the lore i'm curious what exactly did you find there so zarips what are they before I dive into the official lore for what Zarups are, I'll just give kind of like a personal uh, definition of what they are like. Uh, Zarups are 
a very common enemy in Pillars of Eternity 1 and 2, especially Pillars of Eternity 1, I notice. They're a very they're very much a cannon fodder type of enemy. They're one of those kinds of enemies that are really everywhere and you run into them all the time. Uh, they're kind of like, you know, if you're designing a Dungeons and Dragons game and you're like, what am I going to do for a session one? What kind of enemy am I going to throw at people? I know, I'll throw a whole bunch of goblins at them. You know, Azarops are one of those introductory early enemies that you can just throw at anybody. But they're not like goblins from D&D. They're a little closer to kobolds from D&D games, and we'll explain why. And if you listen to the episode on dragons, you kind of already know where I'm going with that. Using the strategy guide uh, from Pillars of Eternity, the official strategy guide, if we go to the bestiary section near the end of the book, we go to the wilders section. Now, a wilder is a classification of creature. I've gone over this before on another episode where you have things like um, vessels, and you have things like spirits, and you have things like beasts, and then wilders. Wilders is one of the classifications of creatures within this world of Aora. Um, it's it's a classification that is used in a lot of fantasy settings, to be honest. Like, so you'll hear that kind of you'll hear that term wilders refer to creatures in other fantasy games as well. It usually refers to a type of creature that is a little more cognizant than just your basic beast. You know, they're not just like a pack of wolves roaming around looking for prey. They have culture to them. You know, they have a, they might even have a language. They might even have an intellect to them, but they're just this wild tribal animalistic race of beings that like, you know, they live in the woods or out in some island somewhere. And so Azarop is classified as a wilder. They do actually have society. They have rituals. They even have religion, to be honest. Uh, but they are not civilized like the Wrath of the Kith races that you see in the rest of the games for Pillars of Eternity. And uh, they're, they're quite aggressive and hostile as well. So here is a description for what a Zarp is. Zarps are reptilian humanoids about the size of Orlans. Orlans are about half the size of a regular human. They adorn themselves with the bones of fallen enemies, mostly Zarps from rival tribes. So here we see that Zarups uh, do not differentiate between themselves and other races. They don't see other Zarups as automatically allies. They will you know, kill their own kind. You know, much like humans will kill their own kind. So, you know, there's no surprise there. They also have an affinity for large feathers, which they hang and pin to their attire. So when you are going up against Zarups, uh, you will see that some of the more, um, you know, important Zarups will have a display of plumage coming off of their headdresses, and some of these are champions or priests or shamans or skirmishers. Depending on the variant of Zarup you're coming up against will kind of determine these uh, feathers that you can see on them, and it probably also would indicate tribes as well. Zarup skin tones can vary from light green to a rustic brown. Their elongated snouts, which make speech impossible, and overly aggressive behavior have hindered them from communicating with the more civilized races of the world. So, First thing is the skin tones is light green to rustic brown, so that'll probably just vary on region. It, looking at an image of it, I, I often would say that the like bottom half of a Zarp looks kind of like what you would stereotypically imagine a Velociraptor to look like, uh, the way the legs and a uh, elongated tail would look like. I would picture, you know, if someone put a Velociraptor into a Hollywood movie, whatever you're picturing for the bottom half, go with that. For the top half, picture a uh, humanoid torso and arms but reptilian in nature. The hands themselves, there's only three main fingers and then the opposable thumb, and they are more like claws than hands. They have really sharp talons at the end of them, and they have a slight discoloration compared to the rest of the body. And then the head themselves, they have long snouts, as is mentioned, and it's a very reptilian head. So that's kind of a picture. Velociraptor-ish, 
lower half, and then a humanoid torso, but obviously is reptilian with a reptile head. Now, their elongated snouts make speech impossible, which is interesting, because I wonder to myself, if Azarup was capable of communicating with other races, would they perhaps be a little more civilized? Would they be less aggressive? Or is that just in their nature? Is there something about the fact that there is a barrier of communication between them that causes this aggression towards other things? I mean, obviously, they're willing to attack other Zarups from rival tribes, but that's something that humans do, and they can communicate as well. So I, I do wonder what level of civility we could get from a Zarup if we were able to communicate with them. And I don't actually know if there's any instances in the Pillars of Eternity games where any NPCs or if there's any lore where people have gone out of their way to try to communicate with Zarups. I think I remember some reading something in a journal once, but nothing definitive. If anyone remembers anything, let me know. Worldofaor at gmail.com. They live in secluded tribal territories and are known for ruthlessly attacking anyone foolish enough to cross their path. Which is very true. If you see a Zarup in the game, I think there is a, a couple of instances between the both Pillars of Eternity games where if you see a Zarup, it's labeled as hostile almost every single time. There's only a couple times where it's not. Zarups, like I've said, they're your cannon fodder enemy. They're just they're there for you to fight against. They're there to put you between what you're going towards, your goal, and they're just there to try to stop you. It's they're not just thrown about whatsoever from the developers over at Obsidian. Like obviously they're placed in environments and settings that are suitable for where their tribes would be and fits the lore. And as well the presence of Zorups will indicate perhaps the presence of other creatures as well, particularly dragons, drakes, and worms. Getting back to the book, we talk about dragons right away, where it says, Zarus revere dragons as deities and build their communities around the lairs of these powerful creatures. It is not uncommon for a small tribe to wander nomadically until it has found a drake or dragon to worship. A drake is just an earlier form of a dragon. It's kind of like the teenager version of a dragon. Um, and so what we're reading here is but basically you'll have these tribes of Zarups and they will be just wandering across the plains of the Deerwood or wherever they happen to be looking for a place to settle down. And where they will eventually usually settle down is at the location of where one of these drakes or dragons are. And they revere these creatures as deities. Could you imagine what that would be like? like imagine like you and your family and the people that you live next to, you're just a nomadic group of people and you're just wandering around and you see this creature this gargantuan creature who kind of looks like you i guess in a reptilian sense but this is for humanoid senses so you just translate it to that imagine if you were just wandering about and you saw this creature and all of you unanimously went that's god that's totally god do you see that that's god right there i can't imagine what that would be like what's that mental process like to just say that thing is a deity that thing is that is that is our god let us form a tribe around it i don't know but that's what the zarups do now i don't know if they're as uh, clear thinking as humanity is or as one of the other kith races of the world but this is still an interesting idea to me that you could see something in front of you and be like oh that's a deity clearly but so these small tribes will find a drake or a dragon and then they will form a society around that drake or dragon now it comes as no surprise and we'll read into this more that the status and stature of the dragon or drake is directly correlated to the Zarup tribe. And so if the Zarup tribe are following this dragon who is very powerful and very strong and uh, very successful in gaining territory, etc., etc., then the Zarup tribe is also going to grow. Uh, and in fact, some of these tribes can live on for a very long period of time. I think we read about that later on. Once a tribe dedicates itself to a dragon, they will defend it at all costs. 
Elaborate rituals in which the dragon consumes Zarup sacrifices are a normal practice. So if you are in a dragon's den, there will be Zarups, and the Zarups will just literally throw themselves at you to defend this dragon. It doesn't matter if they watch you, you know, go through and destroy a whole bunch of worms, which are earlier forms of dragons, or if you go through um, a whole bunch of their friends and family, they will just throw themselves at you to stop you from taking down their god. Now, this next part for me is really weird, you know, and it kind of speaks, I think, to the very primal nature of the Zarp mind, but they have these rituals, which is, you know, advanced enough that they have a religion, they have a society and culture about them, but there's this one elaborate ritual where essentially groups of them will get together and throw themselves at the dragon for the dragon to eat them so that their dragon will be more powerful, theoretically, and therefore the tribe will be more powerful. It's a really, really dark and weird thought to me. This idea that the groups of them would get together and be like, all right, let's get eaten alive for the sake of the tribe. Hurrah, hurrah. All right, let's go. You know, that's just, you know, I think that speaks to kind of uh, the the level of cognition that they have. Or perhaps that is just how dedicated Zarups are to their tribe. Like they don't view themselves as a self as much as an individual, but more of just one piece of a larger creature, which is the entire Zarup tribe as itself. And perhaps as well, it's their piety towards their deity, this dragon. As a dragon grows in age and size, these sacrifices become large religious events that cost the lives of hundreds of Zarups. So if you've seen a dragon in game, you know they can get pretty gargantuan. And Zarups are tiny. They're little. They're very little. And as well as being little, they're also pretty, you know, they're lean but there's not a lot of meat in them bones, you know, and these big old dragons, they need a lot of food to eat. So hundreds of Zarups, you know, so it, it, that tells you that, you know, that there's hundreds of Zarups that can get together to just have this religious event where they feed the dragon their bodies. There must be lots of Zarups in some of these tribes. And it's interesting that we don't run into that many Zarups in the game. I mean, you do run into huge crowds of them, but, you know, I'm not running into several dozen of them at once. I think I would remember that. And also, they would probably overwhelm me and take me down if that was the case. The power and prestige of a Zarup tribe directly correlates with the age of its dragon. And this is something we've mentioned before. The most powerful tribes have existed for hundreds, if not thousands, of years. And it really depends on the dragon itself. If the dragon has existed for hundreds or thousands of years, then so has the Zarup tribe. Warriors and shamans of these large tribes typically paint their bodies to resemble the draconic gods. So that's another thing to pay attention to, especially in Avowed when we're playing in first person where we'll actually be able to maybe see some of these Zarups a little better. If there's an incredible detention to detail given to the character models for Zarups in the game, we might notice the way they paint their bodies. And that could also indicate the type of dragon that we would run into. And if you've listened to my episode on dragons, you'll also know that they kind of match their environment. So that would also maybe give it away. But it, it's just a, it, it's an interesting little correlation, a little attention to detail. To me, one of the most exciting things about Zarups are the fact that they do indicate a likely presence of dragons in the world, which means if we're playing an Avowed and we will run into Zarups, then there is precedent for Obsidian to put dragons in the game, which personally, I'm super excited about. But I'm also interested to see Zarups and their way their society and culture is shown in Avowed, where I'm hoping that we might actually be able to like infiltrate a camp where a tribe is, and perhaps witness one of these religious events, you know. Because it, almost certainly, Zarups will be seen in Avowed. I mean, again, just like anything else, we don't know for sure. But that being said, it's still lore worth looking at. 
Now, if I were to try to think of some interesting quest lines to have involving Zalrips in Avowed, I think it would be really interesting if, let's say, you could meet a dragon in the game and during the course of your questing and adventuring, gain the favor of the dragon and therefore gain the favor of, say, a Zarup tribe. And then you could maybe have that Zarup tribe at your disposal for a certain, uh, I don't know, events and other quests down the line, or maybe this is side content that you can bring to the mainline narrative of the game, or perhaps it's just like something you can send an army of Zarups out, or maybe you can even have like Zarup companions. That would be interesting. That would be cool. So I think there's a lot that Obsidian could do with Zarups for Avowed, and uh, that's just that's just one idea that I personally have, and I think that'd be I think it'd be pretty interesting. I, not just because you get to side with the dragon and see where that goes, but also if you get to align with the Zarups that the, are following that dragon, that's also pretty cool. Now that's all I have to really talk about regarding Zarups. I know it's a short episode today, and it's uh, kind of about uh, one, just one particular creature in the world. Uh, again, I apologize that these episodes are not uh, as lengthy or as in-depth about uh, broad topics like I usually do. Um, I've just been sort of favoring a little more focus on smaller topics for now as I adjust to my new life change, as you guys are no doubt well aware of by now, seeing as how I mentioned it a few times. So I thank you guys for your patience in the meantime, and I, I hope that this is something that you'll enjoy as I you know, adjust myself and get back into the swing of things. If you liked today's episode or you didn't like today's episode and you'd like to get a hold of me for whatever reason, you can reach me via email, worldofaora at gmail.com. You can also reach me on Twitter at worldofaora. As well, I don't I don't ask for this a lot, and um, uh, if you guys are listening to this on Spotify or iTunes, I would really, really appreciate it if you could go and give uh, the show a five-star rating or a review if you're on iTunes. It really does help. I like. I know everyone says it on podcasts. Like, it really helps us out when you give us this stuff. But looking into the algorithms of how things work, it really does help out quite a lot. It, it lets people know that are listening to other shows that this show is related to that kind of stuff. It gives these podcasting platforms data and information of what audiences listen to what. And so it, by going and giving a quick five-star review, you're letting those podcast platforms know what you like versus other shows and it starts to like draw lines and it starts to recommend things to people so i'm not like super hype worried about the show not growing enough because you know i'm not trying to make a living out of it right now this is just something that i'm passionate about now but i am wanting to grow professionally and i'm wanting to see how i can be a successful content creator so it's just a passion project of mine but if you can help me out with that that would be great but that's all we have for today thank you guys for joining me on yet another episode of the world of Ayara. I'm your host, Eric, a.k.a. Ginger Reno, and I'll catch you guys next time.